Welcome to another Alive at Springwood podcast, brought to you by Springwood Presbyterian Churches, where we don't believe churches are buildings. Churches are people. Disciples of Jesus bound together in diversity by God's love, while pursuing faithfulness and vulnerability, celebration and lament, reading the Bible and prayer. May you be encouraged and God glorified by this edition. Uh, there's a, a friend of mine who had this saying. I, don't, I can't find that it's an actual saying that lots of people say. It might have just been him. He was a filmmaker, so he could have written it. Um, anyway, he said, when we, are, when we are young, we want to be held. And when we are old, we want to be held. And the secret is that in the middle, we want to be held too. And I think that's right. We are built for love. Um, fundamentally, essentially, we are built to love and be loved. Um, and the great commands of Jesus are that that's with God, so to be loved by God and to love God, but also our neighbours. Um, and as we come along to church, we talk a lot here about being loved by God and um, loving God. We also talk quite a lot, I think, um, certainly think quite a lot about being loved intimately. Um, so we talk about sexual love a lot. Certainly as a culture, we're obsessed with sexual um, intimate love. We're very personally aware of that, that need to be, to find someone who can get really close and love us. Um, but there's another way that we need to be loved and to love that as a, as a Western church we hardly talk about at all, and that is socially. We're radically individualistic, so we're very one-to-one relationships where we think a lot about that. But we're much less aware of where we fit in the scheme of things socially and how love operates at that level. Um, how are we loved by this community and how do we love as a community? Well, that's really what I want us to think about tonight. We'll talk a bit about it but, uh, as we go through, but it'll involve things like how you're valued by this community, um, how are you recognised, how are you appreciated, how is your voice heard, what influence do you have, what contribution can you make, um, what do people say thank you to you for, what do people honour you for, how are you appreciated. And it works the other way too, like how are, how are you valuing people around you and thanking people around you and appreciating people around you, praising people around you. Um, and you will all have a sense of it. You may be happy about it, you may be unhappy about it, you may feel undervalued, you may feel very valued, but... This stuff drives us very powerfully, but we don't think very much about it and we don't want to train to understand it very well. And in fact, we react against it. I remember as a kid, um, 
if, if there was a black sheep in our family, I was it. And my mum was from the country, so but they all were. And so we were brought up really traditionally and um, you had to dress up to go to town, even if it was just like from the suburbs to the city, you go to town. Um, and I was always, I don't care. I don't, and and the, the standard line of my mum, what will people think? What will people think? And my reaction was always, I don't care what they think. It doesn't matter what people think. Um, but it totally matters what people think. Um, but it, it sort of matters in the right way and not the wrong way. And so, yeah, of course, um, it matters how we are valuing each other but and how we are sort of measuring each other. That matters. Um, and we're all profoundly driven by it, actually. We have a very strong sense of where we fit in the scheme of things. Um, now, we might all have very different ranking systems and different things that we really put our heavy weighting on our values, but we'll have a sense of it. Whatever it is that yours is, you'll have a sense of it and you'll know where you fit in the pecking order. Um, and, and I think it happens reflexively as well. I don't think it's conscious. You just have a sense of it. Now, at a high school I went to, Widen Valley High School, if you were a boy, the, the only ranking system that really mattered was violence. It mattered how um, hard you get hit people. It was like a fighting rank. And we would fight to work it out too, like it was sophisticated, <laughs> if, the, if that's the right word. Um, but we all knew, everyone knew where they fitted. Now, of course, it was stupid. It's the stupidest ranking system ever, but that's... Um, everyone ranked it, set each other by it, and everyone knew where they sat, and it formed a pecking order. Um, and there are so many other ways we can rank ourselves, too. Um, there's a really brilliant book um, by um, de Botton, is it Alain de Botton, who's a French-English philosopher. It's called Status Anxiety. I encourage you to read it, particularly the first section, um, talks about sort of the history of how status happened and um, in the olden days you had different classes and classes were like you had the rulers or the kings and you had the, the sort of clergy or the, I don't know what you call those guys, but the educated and then you had the artisans and then you had the peasants and actually it wasn't clear who was on top. Um, Depending on where you were, the peasants actually were ranked higher than anyone else because they were the ones who were seen to be actually building stuff and creating food. Um, and the lords, if they were doing it right, were seeing themselves as servants to try and enable the, the people who were doing the real stuff. And um, But people had a real sense of where they fitted. This is my place in society. This is how I contribute. This is how I'm valued. This is your role. This is your role. Um, we can value ourselves economically, we can rank ourselves. Everyone here will have a sense of where you fit economically. Um, one of my friends worked in a company, some big law firm in town, and everyone got company cars, and the company cars were very tightly aligned to, to your rank in the, in the culture. I've never been a part of that sort of thing, but like, I don't know what was at the top, Rolls Royces or whatever, and then it was BMWs and Audis and whatever. And he wanted us, he said, can I please have a Subaru Outback because 
I've got a family and I want to go off road a bit. And they said, no, you can't. There's no way you, you're going to, your status, you're not allowed to drive a Subaru. You must drive a, a Merc or whatever it was. Um, but the whole thing was so that everyone, the pecking order was really clearly established. You're this wealthy, you have this car. Um, we rank ourselves professionally too. Everyone here. In your profession, you'll have a sense of, yep, this is how good I was. This is how valued I was by my, um, uh, by my peers. This is how senior I got. Um, how do you mean? Well, <laughs> how senior I am. <laughs> Sorry. And don't think it doesn't happen in clergy either. It totally happens in clergy. Everyone has a sense of um, how, I don't even know what the right word is, but just how um, well you're doing professionally in clergy. I wrote an article for a thing called the Gospel Coalition. I don't know if you know that thing. It's like a, a network of um, gospel ministers. And I wrote an article for it a month or so ago. Um, because there was a debate happening about how long sermons should be, and I and I disagree with what everyone was saying, so I thought I'll write something. And um, anyway, pretty quickly it became the most read article on the Gospel Coalition, and it stayed the most read for quite a while. And I was not displeased about that, um, because not just because I thought ah. Uh, this is a good article, and it might be helpful. But yeah, look at that. Lots of people, most people are reading my article. Turns out this week it also got linked to another conversation with another really famous theologian, um, <clears throat> probably Australia's most famous theologian, also wrote on that, and somebody else said, yeah, this guy's got it, and that was me. Now, again, at one level, who cares um, how many people read it? All I should really care about is whether the right people read it, the people who are going to find it useful and encouraging or whatever. But, yeah, I'm happy it was most read because we have that sense and we want, to, we want that contribution. We want to be valued, we want to be appreciated. Um, and we rank ourselves intellectually too. You'll have a sense of who are the super bright people, who are the super capable people. I'm trained as a philosopher, so I don't know whether, how bright I am, but I am trained, and that helps because it means I can sort of win arguments usually. Um, but also, I teach critical thinking at SNBC, and the students who come along that class are a mixture of, they love it and they are scared stiff of it um, because they find me and the course intimidating. They think they're going to get caught out. Um, and I hate that. Um, maybe I am just sort of scary and intimidating too, and I hate that as well. But I, it's more like I hate the idea that um, the, the ranking system alienates you from people. And why? who cares whether someone's smart? Wisdom's far more important than intelligence. Why would that be a scary thing? Why would that be something that we use to... Because I don't think I use it in class to try and dominate people or scare people. But it's this sense of, oh, well, they're up there. So suddenly the head drops and 
we get that sense of where we fit and it affects the way that we care for people. Um, I noticed that when my son Jeremy went, we, he went to a church in Kuma, little country church, and Jeremy, he was like 14 or 15 and he's like a elite footballer. He was in the Swans Academy at the time and was big. I mean, if you've ever met Jeremy, he was really big. And none of the other boys talked to him. They were all scared stiff of him. He's actually the sweetest guy in the world, but no one wanted to talk to him just because of the size of his muscles. Um, again, we're intimidated. We rank, there's these ranking things. Got nothing to do with our character, nothing to do with what we can offer, but we have that sense of it and we immediately, bang, it just happens. We rank ourselves socially. You'll have a sense of how popular you are. How many friends you have, but you're the life of the party. Facebook's great if you want to do that because now you can put metrics on it. You can put numbers on your friends and your likes and your stuff. And we can do it Christianly as well. Um, you'll have a sense, even in this community, you'll have a sense of, I don't know what your metrics again you'll use, what ranking you'll have, but you'll have a sense of, yeah, they're the important people. They're the influential people. They're the people deserving of honour. Um, they're the people we do honour in practice and also they're the ones who are on the fringe. Um, and you'll have a sense of where you sit in regard to that too. You'll, you'll feel, well, am I close to the middle? Um, by the way, there is no middle. I mean, it, Jesus, it, Jesus is the middle. If there is a middle, it's Jesus. There's no people middle. Um, there's brilliant um, little... It was an essay written by C.S. Lewis called The Inner, is it the inner Circle or The Inner Ring? Inner Ring. inner Ring, yeah, which deals with that sort of stuff. But, yeah, there's no middle, but we all think there is and we would like to get close to it and it's sitting right there. So if you can sidle up to Luke um, or the leadership or whatever, like we're, and this is the thing, well, what we'll do is we sort of marry worldly ranking systems with the church one. So we have Christian celebrities You'll have your Christian heroes. Um, I promise you, I, I don't know who your heroes are, by the way, but let's pick a famous Christian. Let's pick Tim Keller or um, even C.S. Lewis. If you walked in the door, how would you treat him compared to just someone off the street who you'd never met before? I promise you they're not treated the same. And when I was working with Darcy, I am hung around that sort of celebrity world a bit. I was um, at the side running seminars just watching. And yeah, I promise you, celebrities, there are celebrity Christians and they're treated incredibly differently and they're paid more and they're flying business class. And it happens in the church too. Um, now, your whole, our whole lives, we've sort of got all these systems going on and we wrestle to try and make them work. We're about to look at the Bible. One last little story. I was getting on a plane um, a few years back and standing next to me in the line was Matthew McGonaghy. I don't know if you know who that guy is, but he's like an actor. Um, Brian, he was there with his family. He's a nice guy, it turns out. Um, he's also a Christian, which is really interesting. So now you're in a quandary. Let's imagine Matthew McGonaghy walked in the door. Are you more impressed by his acting or are you more impressed by his Christian character? 
Um, what are you going to want to talk to him about? What do you want to engage with him on? Um, and so I think we have those these sort of tensions all the time. So really what tonight is about is, and I think this is what Jesus is doing in the foot washing, is it's about reflecting on what is your status system? What's your go-to system? Um, particularly what's your go-to system in this community? What do you naturally rank people by? Um, and how does that align with how Jesus says this is how ranking happens in the kingdom? That's what tonight's about. And again, like I said way back, how... What is it that you are, this is the test really, what are you most wanting to be thanked for or recognised for or praised for and honoured for? Um, what do you want your contribution to be in this community and how would you like that to be appreciated? That's the test. Okay, so first thing I want to say, just as a bit of a general thing, biblical thing, is that um, the Bible has lots and lots to say about social status and social rankings. And here's an important thing for Western egalitarians to notice. It is not against ranking systems, actually. The Bible is not radically egalitarian. Um, in the kingdom of heaven, it is right and good to seek praise and honour. I don't know if you've noticed that before. Um, but in Romans chapter 2, verse 6, um, God will repay each one according to his works, eternal life to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory and honour and immortality. It is right to seek glory and honour. And in fact, um, one of the promises of the gospel is that you'll get a crown you'll be lifted up and you'll be seated on high and you'll be honoured. There's nothing wrong with honouring and lifting up. We're Australians, so we're dud at that. We're very poor at honouring. But um, it's a right thing and it's a proper thing and we should do it more and it's a kingdom thing to honour people and lift people up and it's a kingdom thing to seek it. There's nothing wrong with seeking to be appreciated and honoured. Um, again, the question is, for what? That's the critical question. Um, it's also called out, um, Matthew 25 is a great... But then it's also very much expressed where you sit and how that is in the local church. Yeah, right. None of those ranking systems... Well, some of them, like, violence are stupid, but some of them are not. Like, it's, it's important to work out what your place is in society. Yeah, and we'll, we'll come to that. But, like, the, another example would be um, in Corinthians talking about the body or in Romans, we're all different parts of the body. Some are worthy more, some are less. So we all make our different contributions. And, yeah, what is your part? And don't – it's not right – the dynamics of how you think about that is it's not right for this person to sit and say, well, I'm useless because I'm a foot um, or I'm great because I'm a mouth. So, yeah, absolutely. But you still have to have a sense, this is my place in, in the community. Absolutely. Yeah, right. That is true. But it's not just about different roles. It's also about just the... It's right to honour people. And so um, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says... Um, 
Matthew 5.19. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Um, some are called great. Some are called not quite so great. Um, you said that in the parable of the talents that we had read, read out. There are different degrees of reward in heaven. Um, this is not talking about whether you're saved or not. This is talking about people receiving more, um, more honour, more responsibility. Um, 1 Corinthians 3.10 as well, if you want to look up that, um, talks about something very similar um, in terms of escaping judgment and then um, there's different sort of... There's a conversation there about building what you build with. You can build with precious stones or straw. Um, so the Bible is not saying, no, everyone just gets the same. There's nothing wrong with honouring and lifting up and having a sense of that. That's the first thing to say. Um, but the, the more important thing today is, well, what is the system? What is What are you honoured for? What is the ranking system? And then, so what Jesus does in... John, and we're finally there, John chapter 13, is he acts it out. Now, when it was time for supper, and then verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands and that he'd come from God, he was going back to God, so he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel and tied it around himself. And next he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. And it came to Simon Peter who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus said, what I'm doing you don't realise now, but afterwards you'll understand. You will never wash my feet, Peter said. And Jesus replied, if I don't wash you, you will have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. So Jesus was, for a start, so hard for us to understand just how radically upending of a social status system this was for Jesus to do this. Um, we have nothing like it in our culture. Um, and it's even hard for us to picture it. But maybe a good example would be in India they have um, a very strong caste system and the lowest ones are the Dalits and the jobs of the Dalits are things like cleaning out the toilets, like going scooping out pit toilets or buckets and carrying it away or catching rats but they're jobs that are socially disgusting and physically disgusting. They're the lowest possible thing that you could do. Um, and for what, Je what Jesus is doing here is in that context, in the meal context or in the family context, he was taking that, the lowest possible job that was not just humble but disgusting and would made him unclean, ritually unclean, religiously unclean. Um, so he was making himself disgusting, not just humble and and we can do a foot washing tonight but we'd still be nothing like it because your feet are actually pretty clean I'm not going to catch anything off your feet I hope but what Jesus is doing here he's saying you know what the the, the the sort of core metric is in our society it is humility and service 
and it's the sort of humility and service that serves literally to death. Because remember when this is, right? This is a couple of days before he's going to the cross and he's saying, um, actually says, in verse 1, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. This was his example of loving them to the end. I'm going to show you that. This, is, this whole business is about humble service, some service even to death, lowering yourself to serve. And so that's the metric of the kingdom. And that's countercultural in every setting. And it was very hard for these guys to accept that. This is why Peter struggled with it so much. So his reaction was, no, that's, what are you doing? You will not wash my feet. This is ridiculous. Um, but then Jesus said, no, no, this is the way it is. This is the way the kingdom is. If I don't wash you, you'll have no part with me. If you want to be part of this kingdom, you're going to have to get into this self-sacrificial humility to death culture. Um, And so then Peter sort of did. And it's really interesting what he says next. He said, right, brilliant, let's do it. I'm in. But if I'm going to be a washed person, I'm going to be the best washed person there is in this place. I'm going to be the washedest, the most washed, the whole thing. And Jesus said, no, you're still not getting it. Um, And I think that's what we do here too in church. This is the challenge is I want to be in a humility thing, but I still want to be the best. (laughs) Um, And so I think that's the challenge of doing community together is how do I honour someone without tapping into that? So it's a tricky thing. It's a tricky thing for honour not to turn into celebrity and for um, a right desire to be thanked and appreciated to turn into pride. Um, but I think that's the challenge we have as a community. We, we want to be saying, look around, see where people are serving. And for a start, everything we bring, even that body illustration is, I bring everything, whatever it is, whatever part you are, you bring it and you lay it humbly in service. Service to death, like service, um, whatever the cost. This is what God's built me to do. This is the contribution I make and I'm going to throw it in and I'm going to serve. Um, and it's not so I can be the best. It's just that's what I'm built for. And I have, a, I have a sense of that and I'm happy with it. I don't need to be upfront. I don't need to be um, dot, dot, dot. In a perfect world, what we want to be aligned with who we are, where it gets really tricky is when what we're built for is not what we're aspiring to be, then it's scary. Um, But we need a sense of that. And then we need to be honouring people in that without um, turning them into celebrities. So thanking them, encouraging them, um, praising them, but without creating superstars. That's the challenge. Um, and I think we can do it. I think you just need to honour everyone appropriately. So just don't have your favourites. Don't have your favourite little um, metric as a church here. These are the, this is the, the gifting that we really, really value here. So I'm going to lift this one up and we'll just forget about those ones. Um, so we just need a fully rich, rounded community where we're valuing everyone's gifts and we're noticing everyone as well, noticing 
each and every person contributing, and we're thank thankful and encouraging and praising. Um, that's the culture that we have. But it's humble service of gifts. That's the thing. That's our metric. That's the thing we really care about. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that we would be like that. Heavenly Father, thank you that in your kingdom, it is so upside down compared to the way that we do our lives. Thank you that this is a kingdom of service and that you give each one of us gifts, spiritual gifts, that we can lay at your feet. And they're gifts for building this kingdom, building this place, building this church. And Lord, we pray that like Jesus, we would um, wrap our towels around our waists and that we would humbly offer what it is in service. And we pray too, Lord, that this would be a community where we are honouring service. We honour all service. Um, and where we thank people, where we praise people, where we lift people up for acts of service, where service is celebrated and enjoyed. Um, and Lord, we pray that um, when our ranking systems don't align with the kingdom, that we'd repent of that. And Lord, you know each of us, the, the secret longings, the thing that we really want to be acknowledged for um, that comes from pride and that we would turn away from that and that you'd um, give us the ability to repent, to turn from that. So, Lord, make us a community that serves with humility and honours humble service. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.